Hello, and welcome to The Panelists, the show where we solve problems. This is what we're calling the Paxilists, the unedited, live-to-tape version of our normally highly edited YouTube panel show where two teams of experts come together to solve the most pressing problems of our day. Problems determined to be pressing by the people what write them. To today on the show, I am hosting because I lost the socially distant arm wrestling match. My name is Graham Stark, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me today. And I'm also thrilled to have our team members with us, and I will introduce them to you now. On your right, if you are facing away from the monitor, Team Orange with Mr. Cameron Lauder and Ian Horner. They are Team Pax Prime. Yeah, well, thrilled to be here, Graham. Yeah, we've chose Pax Prime because uh, I'll never turn down the chance to make a calculus joke, but I thought it might be derivative, so. I, I'll just write just some demarcations on the, the points for that one. And on the other side, Team Blue, is Brendan Bejdiri and Molly Lewis, Team Pax West. West is best. Yeah, uh, you can tell because we're, we're in the west side of the screen. Sure. We'll allow it. If everyone is ready to begin, I'll present to you your first deep quandary. Good news! Due to a clerical error, going forward, whenever you sneeze, it instead produces one of the following sounds. The Jurassic Park main theme, not the ba 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 ba, the part that's da na 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 na, that bit. Two, a recording of me going, hey, or three car sounds. Team mm. Pax West. Oh, God. Uh, Molly, I feel strongly about car sounds, but mm -hmm. we, I mean, you and I need to come to an agreement on this, I think. Are, are you more of the Jurassic Park person or... Um, well, I, I like the variety, I guess, because uh, there's, you know, as my human sneezes I'm comfortable with, there's sort of a hachoo, and then there's a kind of, there's, you know, variety right. of, you know, sneezes for every occasion, I guess. And so, well, and you you know cars more than uh, than I do, like, what, uh, what kind of uh, car noises, like, what varieties of noise can a car make? Like, we talking, like, engine grinding sounds, or, like, horn sounds? Like, if, like if it's, leave the door open? if it's, like, the sound of you, like, grinding the, the clutch uh, in the transmission, that's, like, or, or the sound of, like, setting the emergency brake, that clickety-click-click-click, that really fast clickety-click-click-click, mm -hmm. or even just, like, if it can be any car sound, I feel pretty good because if you don't want to freak out the normals, it can just be uh, a turbo blow off, which is just a really loud popping whistle, which is very close to what a sneeze sounds like anyway. So I think car sounds is actually a pretty good place to be if we don't want to, you know, risk alienating people. Would you like to know what car sounds? Oh, oh they come yeah, from a list, do they? Well, all I have written down here is... The agonizing gasps of a 1978 Plymouth Velari turning over for the last time. I remember that. Uh... Slant 6 or V8? V8. Great. Okay. I drove an 80 with a, with a 318 V8. Uh, it actually has a pretty good sound. So even the gasps are like fairly satisfying. Uh, 
I wouldn't feel bad about that. Or or do you really want? And, and what is human sneezing if not an agonizing gasp anyway? So right. It doesn't seem like it seems like a lateral move. You're absolutely right. Okay, so we're going to go with car sounds. All yes. right, Team Pax Prime. Do they move in herds, or will I say, "Hey"? Hmm. I am partial to the Jurassic Park theme because I don't know exactly whether it will play the entire thing or just like the instantaneous like opening note unless you have like a cluster sneeze like you inhale a handful of pepper and get the rapid fire like a chew a chew a chew a chew in which case you might get out like the entire phrase you'll but be, ple if we're you'll just be pleased be to know like I have no information on that topic <laughs> Maybe every sneeze iterates the, uh, the 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 music, right? Like if you're just playing like Jurassic Park dot right? Like when you sneeze the first time, it plays like the first second of it. Then one note per sneeze. Yeah, a day later, right? When you sneeze again, it plays the next note, and you kind of like start to dread it. I feel that that would be great if you could start to like actually. Oh. Mm. Yeah. That does worry me, uh, Gam, a bit, though, because what happens when the music runs out? Do we, do, do we move on to the next song in the Jurassic Park soundtrack? Do you start back at the beginning? Do, you, do your sneezes then just become dead air? I, I want to find out. Like, this is the thing. Graham's voice yelling, hey, is predictable. Dry and and it's eventually going to get uh, confusing for many people, but at least it's predictable. But this might actually get me to dust. Mm. I would clean my entire apartment just to find out what happens when the song runs out. Do I die? Do I get eaten by a velociraptor? Is there an unexplainable block of green jello on a spoon that won't stop shaking? Like, well, the sneeze is the is the small death. So yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd say yeah. Double down. We're on uh, Team Jurassic Park. Also, what's the sample rate? Like 128, 256? Ooh, I guess 48 it's... 48 kilohertz? Mm. 44 mm. kilohertz? We or can is go this just on this one. I want to propose that it's not Jurassic Park dot wave. It's Jurassic Park dot mid. And, and, I thought you were... And it's FM synthesis. It's not wavetable. I, I thought you were going to say dot aug and it was like... Well, that's the predictable one, but dot mid. <laughs> so, I like where you're going with this. That you're is always the on pitch. element. I am going to need to find out what my control voltage is. I'm going to need to sharpen up my multi-tool needles a bit. Jesus. Maybe I did the bad thing. I, I gave him too many options. Do we find no, out if we're 8-bit? Also... 16? No, and also consider the, the wind-up of the sneeze, for lack of a better term. They sort of... Like, it's going to mess with the pacing of the song as you meter it out. And, like, depending on if it's allergy season, perhaps, you'll get more or fewer notes out. Or it'll be, who knows, the melodica version or the saxophone version. Or the John Williams version, depending on the nature and environment of the sneeze. Also, the problem being is that, you know when you ha when you try to sneeze and you can't, but you're, you're kind of like there the entire time? Like, what if you're hearing that in your sinus cavity trying to come out, and you can't make it come out, so it just keeps repeating the same part over and over? 
Oh, that's terrifying. In your head, it's playing the little sort of wind up before you get to the da na 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 while you're just you're just sneeze edging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... Mm. See, at least if it's Sorry, at least if it's uh, at least if it's a grumble and a gasp uh, of a V8, which I'm again assuming is sampled after the muffler. Like I'm I'm assuming it's not coming right off the engine. Um, that at least it's kind of the same sound over and over, and it reminds you of the kind of stuff that goes on in your own head. You're you're not gonna you're not going to have to hear the same two or three notes every single time before you can get it out. I think that's why we picked the superior option. Yeah, I think so. And I think it depends on whether or not you sneeze with your mouth open, like where it's uh, sampled from. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you sneeze with your mouth open, then you get the unmuffled burden. It is a polyphonic song, too. So we might end up having other voiced instruments coming out of our head. I mean, I have to clear my ears when I sneeze, so that's not unheard of. What happens if you sneeze get out a certain number of notes, go to sleep, and when you wake up, you're at a different place in the song. I have so many questions now. Does does gravity affect this? Like, is it a constant meter, or does the meter, does the time change? And if so, what affects it? Also, when you sneeze and, you're, and your eardrums dilate, the pitch will change, right? Because that's, you know, you've probably noticed that, that if you, like... If you if you sing or something like that, and you kind of like change the air pressure in your ears or like clearing your nose, you can notice that, that the tone drops somewhat. So what if you're never actually on pitch? I think this is going to drive you guys mad. Oh, absolutely. Hopefully. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, like, I don't know what happens when I sneeze. Do my eardrums pucker? Probably. I already yell like a banshee when I sneeze, so this is just a strict upgrade. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah, I was, you're like my dad. Just the blue, right? Hachoo! It's like, so satisfying. All the, all the windows rattle. Yeah. Look, sneeze is spelled in a certain way for a reason, so you need to get it out. No, you need to elaborate on what that means. <laughs> it's written. Yeah. Oh, as we all know, the word sneeze is spelled the same in all cultures, just like dogs barking and cats meowing. It's just the same word, because as we know, dogs only know one word, like Pokemons. <laughs> is it like and, in the Transformers like movie, when you have the, the universal greeting that is like, ba wa ni ra na wee ba ni bomb instead of hello? <laughs> right? Shouldn't it be recognizable to us? That always bothered me as a kid. That was impressively close. Wait, what now is it? Do you know? Offer him what? some inner John candy. Tell it's, us, man in sky. It's ba weep gra na weep ninny balm. I knew the gra was in there somewhere. Yeah. Why can't that come out when we sneeze? We weren't given that as an option. It's too bad. Uh, yeah. Dang. But it seems my elbow. it seems that the the orange side has settled for the stirring chords of John Williams with possible concern if they are sleep sneezing whereas the opposing side have brought us the wonderful concept of sneeze edging or snedging and I will give them advantage for the round as a result sneeping versus snedging but we have further good news you don't have to live on earth anymore hooray you're going to Mars so humanity can ruin another planet as one of the first Martian settlers, it will be years before you're able to grow your own food. So to tide you over, you've been provided with a sufficient supply of a staple food. 
do you want to spend the next 18 months eating potatoes, rice, or corn? Team Pack South. Mm. Whoop. That one. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Why? The very, <laughs> well, the rankings of the various starches. Ah. Uh, it, look, I have some weird friends, Graham, and you should know that. Uh, we've been talking a lot about our starch consumption, and while I love rice, I, I could... I don't think I could consist of being a being of only rice. You need mm. some sort of uh, some sort of variety. And while pasta doesn't really, it has different shapes. It doesn't have much in the way of a different texture. Potato is versatile. I'm you can... glad you said that. I mean, you can have potato, and, uh, uh, just like a baked potato. You can have French fries. You can have French friends. You can have oh, mashed gotcha. potatoes. You can just boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew, right? They're versatile. Twice baked. Why stop? I'm glad we're of one mind on this, Ian. No, I think we can, we can definitely work with this. And just think of the nutritional components of the skin. Always remember the skin. <gasps> yeah, because potatoes suck nutritionally. <laughs> They're real bad. Mm -hmm. It's all on the outside. Kind of like the earth. Mm. Well, with potatoes scooped up you are looking at rice or corn yes molly um i have a question mm. uh as martian settlers do we have access to butter that's <coughs> i don't know why <laughs> hmm. but do we I'm have to that... like make our own i'm glad that still god no please i'm glad that my cough still yeah. sounds like a cough yeah no that's a that's a good point uh as Mars is not yet to the point where you can grow other crops and the Bezos Musk consortium has yet to construct a Whole Foods franchise up there. So you've got potatoes, rice, or corn. Christ, because now okay, just having to like think a, of like Bezos' Musk is kind of getting me a little down on this. Uh... Well, as an American, I already eat corn for most of my meals, so it'd be nice to change it up, but I am open to your ideas. But I think... Corn is... Oh, can I ask this then, uh, I guess, as a follow-on? Because I think we're going to have to go with corn, but I just need to know something. Are we collectively of, of like, resourcefulness and just general smartiness as the character in the hit movie and book The Martian? Can I we be gi given that at least? Are you asking me or the host? The host. John I got to ask the host. Now you'll have to you'll have to help me out here in that he was in fact able to you know grow all this stuff himself, and we're saying that you will be able to do that, but not after eighteen months of eating this. Okay, but I am smart enough to do surgery on myself as well. Sure. Cool. So if we have a lot of freeze dried corn, Molly, I think that that's better than going with rice because if we rehydrate the corn. If we are as uh, resourceful as a Matt Damon Christ figure, I assume that we can start extracting bits from the corn to act in different ways. We can make our own corn syrup if we want to. We can we can use uh -huh. the starches from the corn to to create other materials and other goods. We could actually start using it as as a crafting element uh, to create food beyond food. I assumed that you that was just a long walk towards like making our own whiskey, but that's good too. That counts though, right? I think that's good. Like I, the fact that we could make bourbon in space, mm -hmm. 
Uh, well, oh, we could start the first Martian distillery. Holy shit. Right. And then we're coming for the crown. Elon. Sell that for thousands and thousands of dollars a gallon. And, you know, to get to obviously get it back to Earth for it to be worth anything. Or you don't. We just find a cave underground and we just we just stuff the barrels under there to be like in a in like another hundred years. When you guys show up here, it's going to be worth millions of dollars to have the first sip of like of Martian like corn whiskey. Martian moonshine. Yeah, the discovery, the discovery, and the opportunity to just take a flight of them. Mm, yes, I, I, I like this. And then if we uh, drop our phone in the toilet, we can put it in this in this rice that we haven't rehydrated. Right, because we have no use for it. We're not going to space. eat that rice. We're only going to concentrate on corn. Just fill our, our mattresses with it and sleep on it. Essentially, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a million and one uses, destroying household mm -hmm. pests. Anyway, that, we're we're hard on corn. Yeah, we're we're hard for corn. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the distillation angle, Beach, because that's mm -hmm. something that I was also thinking on the, on with the potatoes. Because what are potatoes for, famous for? Vodka. But what is vodka famous for? Aside from getting you very drunk, it is immediately available. Bourbon has to be aged before it's even palatable. So you're going to be waiting and and just paying for that cave for years before you see a profit. Vodka, the minute it comes out of that still. It's liquid gold, baby. Or in our and case, I'm assuming, oxygen. since they've only provided us with a simple starch for food stuff, that we aren't in fact expected to live through this, and that there are cameras everywhere, and that this is in fact billionaire entertainment. And I feel we would be much better at our jobs if we were just a little hammered all the time. Oh, I'm a lot more likely to have my pants off if I have had a few in me. Yeah, right? And then afterwards, when the actual astronauts show up, because if nothing else, I'm wildly unqualified to be flying through space, which in a technical sense I'm doing right now and not doing so hot at it. But if you remove me from this stable environment and put me on Mars, I'm going to be even worse at it. So the only conceivable reason you would be there is Future to compost? be for somebody else. Yeah, I mean, we're probably just canaries sitting there waiting for the gas to show up. Yeah. And after I scoop all the potato out of the potato skins, I assume I'm going to, like, I don't know, stitch them together somehow to make, like, a new spacesuit or something. Or a best or friend. Wander around Mars in potato leather. Like, oh, such shoes. Like, like, like um, uh, uh, you know, like in the skin of a lion, only in the skin of a potato. I wonder if the low gravity will allow the potatoes to grow larger so we can have more skin area to work with. Or perhaps just more spherical? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, potato that's, uh, that, that's so much starch that you can just... You don't, it's, it's equidistant. The, uh, mm -hmm. the cooking then becomes a lot easier because you don't have to guess how long it's going to take for the heat to penetrate the center of the potato. I think I, we could do some good science before we dive scurvy on Mars. And get really hammered. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As a suggestion, uh, I propose to you the potatoris. That would maximize your skin surface area. That's, that's good. Everyone, please stop saying skin surface. <laughs> <laughs> this is a workplace. I'm sorry, uh, the potato leather... Uh, is now the maximized quantity. The exo potato. Yeah. The... I, I, hey, that's an idea. I, I, I would hope that um, 
with us being uh, on team corn, yeah. uh, we start out with the highest liquid content. And so that I hope that would affect uh, our I mean, I, I guess I'm assuming that, though, that they're not just sending us up with like just dehydrated corn kernels. We will have the entire cob. We will have the stock and the, the sort of corn hair like we will have we could make sort of professor from gilligan's island style just build a society i knew out of corn parts yeah we uh, could we could make furniture like lawn chairs out of out of the corn leaves the leaves of the ear and yeah we, write messages in the sand like send cayenne and cheese we can dry out the cobs and we can make centerpieces out of them Ah, little, uh, little pipes yeah oh, we get corn that's right corn cob pipes are a real thing they're not something imaginary <laughs> Make a little little marsh a little Mars man out of the Mars dust. Yeah. Give him a little corn cob nose. We'll make like dozens of you them. Know. We'll put them up everywhere, kind of like a Blair Witch thing, just to really fuck with the aliens. That one's Ian, and that one's Cam, and that one's Camadam, and that one <laughs> just have a whole little family. That one's also Cam, and that one's also Cam. <laughs> it's... That one was Cam. Bye. It's good to see you've already succumbed to space madness. I mean, it's a little difficult when you have little to do but eat your corn and, and dream of smoking your corn leaves in your corn cob pipe. Cam, we're going to be very cultured individuals on Mars. In fact, we might even be creating some of our own culture. What's your favorite wind instrument? I would have to go with the recorder I was given in fifth grade, Ian. Hmm. Well, I'd have to say, you're going to be excited to find out that you can make wind instruments out of potatoes. But right. who will I torture? <laughs> well, I mean, we do have each other for at least the first few months, if this does get funded. Oh, it, it, I feel that uh, since this may devolve into a PvP situation, that I should go with a bassoon or perhaps bass clarinet. I'm sure we can get you a know. few potatoes stuck together in, in, in tube form. You know, something that I can, like, parry, block mm. with. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that that that's very strong. I like it a lot. Yeah, let's get mm. working on our embouchures. If you're going to have woodwinds, you're going to need reeds. And you know where you're going to get reeds from other than actual reeds? Corn stalks. I'm that's sure we could fashion a crude reed out of a bone. Mm -hmm. Whose bone? That will be good viewing, won't it? <laughs> I appreciate Whatever. that Team Orange has has determined that they're part of some sort of reality TV show and indeed are determined to put on a good show. Whereas the whereas Team Blue have not only recreated or, or intend rather to recreate every part of society uh, up to and including the US corn subsidies <laughs> where they make corn out of they make everything out of corn. So I think given that, we will give the edge to Team Team Orange on on that question. But we will move Can on. Can we make Martian ethanol? I can't imagine why not, since we just assumed <laughs> you could make all of these alcohols. All right. But don't worry, I have more good news. You are at a wedding. Bad news, it is the wedding of two truly awful people. Good news, you are fair folk, a.k.a. the fae, or fairies, and you are here to make sure things turn out real fair for these assholes. So, how are you going to hex up these narcissists' nuptials? 
The mother-in-law wears white and the bride transforms into a pile of cobras after the kiss. The venue is double booked and also hosting a monster truck rally in the parking lot. Or the wedding is crashed by Limp Bizkit who are attempting to film a viral comeback video. Team, my left. Molly, monster Truck Rally or Limp Biscuit? Yeah, Monster Truck Rally sounds really good. And that Limp Biscuit thing. I I care not for their music, mostly because I've never heard it. Um, it's, Hence the need for a viral comeback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what if what if they like... If these are some truly terrible people, what if they like Limp Biscuit? B- Bizkit, I guess I should be saying, with overpronouncing the Z. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe to them, it's like, it's like fucking GNR's November rain to them, right? That it's like, oh my God, we're going to get a video made of our wedding for free. And it's going to be a music video that everyone's going to see. And we're going to get to see us get married. And like, maybe, maybe what we need to do is drown out the vows with, um, with rum, 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 with a lot of, you know, aforementioned sneezing as it were, I guess. Yeah, because you think of, if we're trying to, because you're absolutely right, we should divert attention away from the asshole bride and groom. Mm. Um, and if Limp Biscuit crashes the wedding, then the only extra people at their wedding are the members of Limp Biscuit and I assume their social team. Whereas if a monster truck rally shows up, you have the trucks, the drivers of the trucks, the technicians of the trucks, and the people coming to watch the trucks stomp on other trucks. It is Sunday, um, Sunday, Sunday, after all. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I would think... Yeah, it would drown out the string quartet, I would say, and the cover band, like the different cover band that is doing the reception, and it would make all the photos all, like, the video all nasty. Uh, The drone shots would look good, but apart from that, I think the wedding would be irrecoverable. Yeah, you get get to, like, and including the ability for, like, the trucks to just ramp over and land on the rental limousine. That mm-hmm. has the the just married, but some sort of cute variation that that married couples put on the back of a thing when they want to really call attention to themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Like just oh, and parking at a wedding sucks anyway. Yeah, and now it's going to oh, just goodness. get even worse. Yeah. You'll never be able to get out of the parking lot. It'll, it'll be like trying to have a wedding at a, like a corner corner store bank. <laughs> yeah, monster truck rally it is. All right. Well, this Sunday, 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 the monster truck rally will be hacking up the wedding for blue team but over in pax east what are you going to go with so here's the thing Mm. about curses is that a curse isn't just a bad thing that happens to you it's got to be sent as a message and while limp biscuit showing up and maybe doing a music video is a bit of a uh, you know it's a bit of a bad thing it's actually quite a terrible thing but it doesn't say fairies have cursed me. What does say fairies have cursed me is the bride turning into snakes at the feet of a white mother after the first Yeah, piece. like, do the snakes, if you manage to keep them all together, like in an aquarium or a ball, do they retain the gestalt personality and intelligence of the bride? Does one of them speak for that said intelligence? Right, is there a prime this. snake? As, I would say, as, as fairy folk, I would say that yes, we, we do actually split that person into a gestalt being of, of snakes. 
And I think it's safe to say that's that's your call to make as the fairies in question. Ooh, I like that a lot. Like the narcissistic groom has to care for and provide for this cobra overcoat, the ur cobra, um, who is also very narcissistic now, but now is narcissistic about being a cobra, being many cobras. Ooh, yeah, no, we can work with this. Also, just can you imagine if the less worst thing to happen to you at your own wedding is that your mother-in-law shows up wearing white? Like that just being a footnote. Like I assume <laughs> that the groom learned this behavior from his mother. And if the mother gets upstaged by the bride, oh yeah, no, this is good. This is, be very this is just like nested layers of awful. It's, yeah, it's like a minor thing than a major thing, isn't it? Like, Deborah the Cobras just kind of turns into this weird writhing mass within her, like, off-the-shoulder, backless, um, you know satiny whatever dress thing that she's wearing i'm gonna assume it's like that it really like it's a little too daring it's the kind of thing that it's like oh i shouldn't i don't know where to look when i talk to the bride that kind of dress then so you can see a lot of snakes and it, it's probably if these people are the assholes as described it's probably a large it's got a voluminous train yeah you know and so there's just kind of snakes up from under the sateen um though the thing Again, going on the theme that they are assholes. Um, this is probably an outdoor wedding uh, in the middle of summer because that's the kind of thing assholes do. Um, and so, as fey folk, I would hope that in this double booking the monster truck rally, we have control of the timing of like when, like apart from you know obviously it being Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Um, does the how do we get the two things to intersect the Instagram friendly outdoor ceremony and the monster truck pull. Yeah, because like, what is the drop? You, you definitely like it's got if it's going on all afternoon, like it, uh, going on simultaneously is great. But it's it's way more interesting if every time they open their mouths, it just it sounds like they're the ones uh, engine screaming like it. They're trying to say something you're, you have to they have to repeat themselves two or three times. I think also that level of frustration is is more interesting because you really get to see who people are at that point. Where if you're trying to say something and then somebody cuts in while you're trying to say something with like something else, it gets to be like, I'll, I'll be quiet. Okay. okay, I'll be quiet. Okay, like that kind of thing over and over. Eventually you get to see the kind of way that they treat their waiters, I think. Um, Whereas if you turn someone to snakes, it's kind of like, it's it's one and done. It's obvious that something magical has occurred, but it's kind of like, ah, it's all snakes. And then, but where do you go from there? Whereas with the monster truck rally, you can really like drag that shit out for an hour. Mm-hmm. And the, really the worst weddings are the kinds where everybody else involved makes it about them, like... You know, the, the, those are like when the groom's speeches are terrible, when they're just talking about how great and funny they are. And I imagine like, and now the bride, the groom's sister will sing that one song from the twilight that gets sung at every wedding. And like, I have dark <laughs> every day awake. <laughs> like, any musical number, any long speech, 
Um, it's not even that it's been I ruined, right? I would for all right? motocross nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's only, it's only been partially ruined. You still have to hear the song, which you don't want to hear. But now you have to, like, you can't just kind of go along with it. You have to, like, punctuate it at inopportune moments to hear trash that's, like, in intermittent. You know, you make it unpredictable. Yeah, it's a, it's a club sandwich of poor taste. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Snakes is just like, human beings are adaptable. You can get used to anything. If you want to have sex with a pile of snakes <laughs> in your wedding night, the groom will find a way to be into that. It's more, it's really just all about him as it is, right? Yeah, if anything, if I got turned into a pile of snakes on my wedding day, I'd be disappointed that I hadn't been turned into a pile of snakes during my bachelorette party. This right? is what it took. I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think you're thinking a little bit too small there, though. Like if, if we think about a monster truck rally, that's that's a that's a one or two day event. A wedding is a one or two day event. It's a, it's the most important day of your life to to some of you, but it's a, it's just one day, and you're ruining one day. That's something that can be gotten over. What we are ruining is an entire marriage. Two people who loved each other, who are now too many snakes and a person who are trying to love each other, and they probably won't be able to, because this sort of stuff doesn't happen to good people. I would also submit that this awful couple may in fact be having an exotic destination wedding at some distant locale that all of their guests had to pay $15,000 to attend. And by turning the bride into a writhing mass of snakes, we may in fact be violating several uh, uh, biological importation laws oh. that would result in the bride becoming impounded. I mean, by weddings local authorities. Industry. Weddings themselves are already invasive. Yeah, we've, if we're just going to dump a bunch of snakes in the Garden of Eden in Fiji, that's. You've ruined their economy. No more weddings because too many snakes. Exactly. Also, as fey folk, I believe that we could further alter the wedding such that the bride still has an appropriate thing to select from on the menu. Oh, yes. Right? What happens? What happens at that wedding when fully half the wedding cake erupts in mice, just chewing their way out of the fondant? <sighs> Left half, getting... right half, or interior half? I don't think it matters because once the, uh, the toppers. once it's time to cut those that cake, that that groom is still going to have to catch enough mice to shove into the various uh, mouths of his bride. Smear whipped cream on them and like, ah, ah, it's like the ending of 1984, ah. It's like being married to Medusa, but you have to look at her. And, and, no I, and I nothing gets hard. Bottom half of the cake turns into mice. <laughs> I, like I have it. a logistical question about snakes as bride, snakes on a bride. Um, if some of the snakes do dirty with another man, but the other snakes don't, is that cheating? Does that still count as an affair? Or does it have to be the full gestalt of snakes? With this couple, I feel that Instagram will litigate that case for us. <clears throat> and the Chloe When this too. turns up on r slash relationships, and then further appears on r slash A-I-T-A, we're going to get value off of this. Me, 27 years. male, just recently got married to my wife, 24, pile of snakes. <laughs> That's her age, not the number. <laughs> so while the orange team is going full snake gestalt and cake full of mice, the, the blue team 
uh, is going for the monster truck rally. I was going to give the edge to the blue team on this round for naming the bride Deborah the Cobra or the Cobras, but their failure to consider or even mention Truckasaurus is going to be a a minus there. So we're going to give the edge to the Gestalt of Snakes on this one. Nature does. Did you dog us points for not making a reference? Is that part of the rules? Oh, no, just for not considering, you know, the damage that could be caused by, by you know, the monster truck rally flaming construct that is Truckasaurus. Uh, in sad news, however, your dear Aunt Euphemia has passed away. But in good news, she's left you something in the will. It's your choice, but you gotta take something or they won't let you leave. Would you like an old coffee tin labeled angry ghost and when you take the lid off the tin you hear screaming number two all of the secret garfield strips deemed too hot to publish by mcneil syndication or three a very horny parrot who unlike the angry ghost will tell you exactly what its desires are team pax australia do you have a preference here cam I gotta see those Forbidden Garfields. I completely agree with you. This is actually not even something that's that's unprecedented. By Osama Tezuka, the king of Japanese comics, upon his death, revealed a trove of some incredibly horny drawings. And this is the man who's, who's responsible for such lovely uh, children's fare as Kimba the White Lion and Astro Boy. But yeah, no, he, he liked that big old snake titty. So I can't wait to see what Jim Davis has. Uh, yeah, like, I I just have to know. I don't even want to know, but I couldn't possibly not know, given the opportunity. I can't wait to see what happens when J when John actually gives that uh, litter of babies. Oh, yeah, when he, when he delivers his litter of puppies? Yeah. Because we're going to see it. <sighs> it's in canon. Yeah. Oh, no. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So, Beach and Molly, then. Screaming Tanner, Thirsty Bird. We don't have to feed a tin, but all the tin does is scream? When you open it. Well, yeah, and the operant is when. We don't gotta open this tin. Oh, yeah. Because um, we can't control when that bird says things. And frankly, I don't want to know how it learned any of those phrases, and I don't want to be responsible for them. Uh, it would make Zoom calls more interesting, I guess. Um. If it, if, but the, uh, my, my, my alternate thought, though, is that the angry ghost clearly lives in the tin, because if you open it up, you hear screaming. But if you close it and then you open it up again, I'm assuming you'll we'll just continue to hear screaming, right? It's that the tin is haunted by an angry ghost and it just screams. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing not like torment, just like like that kind of mad anger that you that you fear, like that Dave Batista will just like point at you one day and it's like you'll just silently soil yourself and realize that it's like I've done something terribly wrong. The Beast Raban is very upset. Whereas with the parrot, we could use that for all manner of creative harassment. If you um, if you well, know people who are like trying to go to sleep and you just put the parrot outside their window, they'll just low level hear this and think it's either their neighbors or that it's something else going on outside. Mm, yeah, probably want a finger. Yeah, I, it, it's that is true. Though I, th I think I'd be hesitant to open the tin with the angry ghost in it, 
Um, just because I assume then the ghost would escape and be angry elsewhere. But if it is literally just a coffee tin that screams, then it's kind of like that hilarious old-fashioned prank where you open the can of peanuts and snakes jump out, except it's just a scream. And frankly, I would love to outsource my screaming to something that I can carry. Of just, you know, oh, ma'am, you need to- uh, if someone's not maintaining social distance, say, then just- and then just close it back up, and that's my problem solved. Which I get because as a performer, you need to protect your voice. And yes. if you want to be able to like scare people away um, from you, it's like I, they're they're like I need to come in for a hug because we used to work together at like the the fucking Hollywood video or something. And you're like I yeah. need them, and you you pop open that Folgers, and it's just like yeah, they're just inundated with the fear of a thousand ghosts, and it's like like a human air horn. Yeah, yeah, and at that I think I mean there's a lot of value there too um, as as a means of of uh, person deterrent. So, but who would you harass creatively with a horny parrot? My friends. Yeah. I mean, I would because it's like if I, I mean, Ian likes birds. I could, you know, I could train, if I could train a parrot to fly and come back to me, I'd be like, send it to Ian's house briefly and let it perch on his balcony and, and, and yell yeah. about all the, the dirty things it wants shoved in its cloaca. And then like, you know, wait until he's streaming and do that and then just call it back. I, there's yeah. just lots of people where it's like, it would be fun to do that to them. And how long does a parrot live, really? Like, how long would this parrot be our problem? I have to be um, hundreds of years, I hope. It, yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah. It depends on, on how great the thirst is. So we gotta make a choice, though. Which is, which is the stronger option? Is, like, is pushing people away or uh, pushing people away? <laughs> right. Like, I... I would hope that the parrot responds to the name Sext, because that seems like an only- Hey, Sext! Yeah, what's up? Um, I- I'm still on team, uh, Screaming Tin Can. Then I will go with you on um, this journey. Okay, <laughs> Alright then. Is- we- I don't think we've ever had one of these scenarios where people have been like, you know, I might like more than one of these curse items. <laughs> That's if why I they have call them to take items? something! I have to oh, take you, something. You have to take something, but we've never had someone go, I could go for both. There's a, there's just the method of, if I have to have something terrible with me, then I better get some utility out of it. Like, that's mm. how Christmas works for me. Like, if you're going to give me a terrible gift, it may as well be useful. And you have to use these things, too. I, I, the one reason I did not want that, that tub full of screams was because, as you mentioned, you don't have to ever op open it. And if you don't open it, then it never screams. Which means that you're denying a ghost the ability to scream. And when we die and turn to ghosts ourselves and meet that person on the astral realm, boy, are we in trouble then. Mm. I, 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 like... I can't take care of a parrot. I can't take care of a tube. No. No, it's, it's too much responsibility. Whereas owning pornographic Garfield, canonically, would provide me with an excuse to get banned from Facebook mm -hmm. and never have to deal with it ever again. Because if you have to use it, just use it as my avatar. Until somebody is finally like, this is inappropriate. And I'm like, sorry, I got banned off Facebook forever. I can't come to the class reunion. It's not I'm... my fault. I honestly think that we could actually inject some much-needed uh, 
so some much needed fresh ideas into the Garfield uh, regular canon with this mm. information. Like they've done two movies already. They're probably out of ideas. Well, if Garfield fucks now, that's a much better third movie. I cannot wait to hear Lorenzo music doing that. Lorenzo music died. Maybe he's in the can. In his can. Did you think of that, Beach? <laughs> that's settled. If we have no, we... the ghost of Lorenzo music screaming in agony or or anger, I'm gonna. I love the idea of, mm -hmm. of anger trapped in our coffee can. Mm -hmm. We have way more use because to be able to be like pop that shit open on Halloween and scare people and be and they'll be like, ah, is that Peter Venkman? Like that kind of thing. I think is like the the two step process you have to do to process like to get through that. Uh, I think that's a mm. gift. That's a boon for mankind, ultimately. I think you're just going to end up spending all your time explaining to people that you don't have Bill Murray in your can. And that's just <laughs> going to be more frustrating. But I think that immediately cushions the the blow, having been screamed at by the inside of a tin can. I'm just like, oh shit, Peter Vickman, hey, what's up? Yeah. I, I will stand, I will, I will wash my hands, thanks. Was that Carlton, the, the irony doorman? The irony of it being the voice of Peter Venkman on the real Ghostbusters, then I think, you know, gives it so, its own novelty. So, yeah, that is Good marketable work, everyone. too. That's like you could go to a, you could go to like Gen Con because I'm assuming they're into that stuff there, and just be like, and now Lorenzo music, ah! and that's like all you give. Them, right? Just for an hour, that's the panel of just continuous, like those 10 hour long ASMR videos on YouTube, just like unedited, no seams, 10 hours of Peter Venkman, maybe, or Lorenzo Music screaming. Yeah, just this thing of like, uh, I'll take the next question for Lorenzo Music, and it's like, um, yeah, uh, what was it like uh, working on Garfield and Friends? Uh! Okay, well, that's kind of encompasses that answer, I guess. So... While the blue team has figured out a beautiful use for Lorenzo Music's voice in the can to scream at anti-maskers or just at conventions, the orange team has worked out a neat way to dodge around having to try to trick Facebook into allowing you to delete your own account by having them ban you by posting canonical Garfield erotica. So I think this round is a tie as we move on to our last question. Good news. Penny Arcade and Reed Pop have hired you as a consultant to ask for assistance in selecting a new convention center for when PAX someday returns to the meat space. But, civic bylaws being what they are, certain concessions must be made. Once everything gets through City Council, you will be able to offer a PAX location with either a baffling labyrinth of a convention center, nowhere near hotels, but surrounded by amazing and affordable restaurants that can comfortably accommodate large numbers, Two, a cramped and joyless convention center with zero natural light in an utter desert of food options, but attached to numerous cheap and comfortable hotels. Or three, a convention center nowhere near places to sleep or places to eat or public transportation, but a convention center that is innately navigable, easily walkable, is resplendent with comfortable seating, features odorless bathrooms, and is acoustically perfect. Team, this one. I feel like the third option is literally just the Boston Convention Center. Yeah, I, I think these these are all these are all based on true stories. My concern about the last option is if it is truly just this kind of oasis 
of a convention center in the middle of just no other accommodations, people are just going to find a way to sleep there. And then PAX will just become sort yeah. of a pop-up city. And yeah, I don't think that that's, that's the last thing we need. That's some Fury Road shit. So is it better to have food or better to have a place to go back to that's real close? I, um, I well, feel like hotels are almost a better option because it's more expensive than me eating. Yeah, and I, I think you can't you can't underestimate the importance of a midday nap during a convention. The ability to just... Because, speaking as someone who's usually a Dragon Con, that's the entire appeal of Dragon Con, is you can tap out at any moment and just go lay down in the dark. Otherwise, it would not be survivable as an environment. So if we are near hotels, then our host, uh, can you tell us again what the convention center was like that's attached to this? Uh, a cramped and joyless convention center with zero natural light in an utter desert of food options. So that's the PAX yeah, South like, Convention Center. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's... Uh, in my experience, like, from what I remember of the PAX show floor, it's a lot of cramped and dark with no natural light anyway. Usually they provide their own light, and it's, like, usually green and red, and there's, you know, giant models of robots that are making noise, and you're standing in line waiting to, you know, play a PC demo for two minutes. Like, you don't need windows. They don't... We're not a, a group that values natural light anyway. You'd actually, yeah, it would be, you would, the, the sponsors, sponsors, the vendors, the presenters, whatever you want to call them, the people on the show floor would prefer that, that they can control for light and sound because they're there to make it a, um, uh, a, aesthetically oppressive experience a lot of the time. Um, please stop bringing neon lights and to the, to the show floor. Nobody needs it as much as you think we do. So yeah, that's us. Cramped and uh, oppressive, I guess. Cramped and joyless, but you can nap whenever. I will briefly defend Pack South Beach because it, in terms of food options, because you. That's said, true. Utter desert of food is right by the Riverwalk, which has a lot. I meant of more just the convention center itself, which is kind of this weird L-shaped thing that doesn't have a lot of natural light in any of the spaces. So. That's fair. Yeah. So for Cameron and Ian, are you looking for a convention center that is just the most pleasant building to be in or near excellent and ample food? I'm going to call the first option. I And, and not for the reason you may think, oh. but because I want to explore this hideous, hellish, labyrinthine convention center that echoes and has terrible lighting. I think that sounds interesting in a Borgesian sense. Right? Like you'll just be walking along and suddenly you'll see people walking along the wall and they'll look at you and you're like, I don't know, it said fifth floor. And they're like, oh, we're on the third floor. But and they're above you and they're walking to... on the wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to get a, like you're standing in line for like a demo of a game that will be out in two weeks, but you've been in it for six years. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you just take a step to the left, and suddenly you're in a lineup for a subway. And since that sucks, you can just get out of that lineup and go and have, like, some really nice dumplings somewhere. Wouldn't it's, that be nice? It's, and then, it's a, because it's a, it's, a, it's a trackless, dimensionless labyrinth, you just stand up, and you're already back in line. It's perfect. For a different game. Like, we... we, we we, we, we already know what's going to be at these conventions when we go to them. It's, it's, it's written in guidebooks. It's announced beforehand. It's why you, you go and you just go through the motions of what you planned before. This introduces serendipity 
to it. You can, you, you can be walking down a hallway that suddenly just comes to a door that you didn't realize and architecturally shouldn't be there. What's on the other side? Is it a room full of dice vendors? Is it a brand new game? Is it just a singular large sumo cushion that you have no hope of actually scaling and sitting upon? Who can tell? But I want to find this out. This is already an inherently disorienting, draining experience. Why not lean into it? Why not, in fact, make it the prime attraction? Mm -hmm. Oh, the, the big joke, PAX goes on forever? Well, yes, now it does, both temporally mm -hmm. and physically. Do you, because I am being waved at by the by someone in the back of this mythical convention hall that we're holding this panel in, does 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 Team Pax uh, West have any further thoughts to their convention center choice? I would think if oh so, no, go ahead. I would think if there's no if there's no restaurants nearby, you know, because normally the restaurant nearest the convention center is the one that has a you know a hundred and fifty minute wait. But if everybody has to sort of go on the Oregon Trail to get to their food options, then you really carefully pick who you're going to go to a meal with, and you don't just kind of get gate-crashed by Randall's. I, just this, the premise of this question unearths all of the things I didn't like about being at PAX in the meets, so <laughs> thank God for PAX Cyber. Uh, what were you going to say, Pete? Uh, well, I, I agree with the sense of that. If, we, if, if all the hotels are close, uh, I could either cheat and find a supermarket somewhere and if I have to catch like a taxi and go and just, because I do this a lot of the times anyway, just go buy food and, and pack whatever fridge might be in my hotel so I can just have that. So I could cheat. Mm -hmm. But if I want to respect the spirit of this, that I have to eat all my things at, a, at, a hotel, or at, at the restaurants that are at least a 30 to 40 minute walk away, I guess I that's better to be like, I'll go for the walk. I don't enjoy it. And I'll and I'll eat, but hopefully the restaurants are like if they're all spread out in all different directions. Does that not mean that there's a better chance that by picking a random direction, I'll just end up at a at a place that maybe only has about a forty-five to sixty-minute wait, which is you know I can deal with, versus I have a cheap hotel because if I'm in a place that has a lot of great food. Um, but I am in this expensive ass hotel that's way off in the boonies. I'm always going back the same way every night and it's going to take me two hours to get to my hotel room. It's like, I'm not willing to put up with that. I will just, I will just sleep under the bandland table at that point. Mm -hmm. Which I believe was the, and you have, oh, go ahead, Molly. Oh, Oh, and you, you have enough uh, time in your, you know, 45-minute journey to the restaurant to just open table a table for when you get there. That's been my con experience, and it's honestly my favorite thing to just walk in and be like, table for me, please. Then it, you, I don't know, you look like the, the one adult in the room that remembered that you have to eat to keep your body awake during a con. My f Are we over time? I'm sorry. Uh, we uh, we should we should uh, wrap things up. So uh, you know maybe you can you can pester Beach on Twitter for his further PAX thoughts. I suppose uh, I want to. I'm never going back. Clearly, they're never uh, going to invite me. I want to give some uh, uh, props to uh, Team PAX Unplugged for their uh, turning turning the Labyrinthine Convention Center into a fourth dimensional exploratory herb X. Uh, if I may say, Graham. Experience, when you, yes. When you enter the PAX Cube, welcome home forever. 
There is no need to sleep because sleep is death. And if you feel you need to eat, well, you better find something quick because night's coming and it's time for the concerts. That's what it says in the back of the badge. Good Lord. And <laughs> however, uh, props to team packs very plugged in for that, uh, absolute life hack molly of just reserving a table for one uh that's brilliant and i love it uh so before we get to the final scores i want to thank everybody for watching and i want to thank our panelists for being here and doing all of the talking to ian and cameron and beige and myself who are part of loading ready run who you can find at twitch.tv slash loading ready run and more of the panelists at youtube.com slash loading ready run shout outs to molly who you can find on twitch at molly lele that's m-o-l-l-y-l-e-l-e correct me if that is incorrect yes it is fantastic and uh thank you molly for being here and uh thanks to pax for letting us do this but i do see from the scores that indeed there are no winners and there is no prize this has been the panelists thank you for watching Thank you.